Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode 83 of the Polis Podcast, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one, the only, he's got something weird on his head, Hexor! I'm no Jedi. You're <laughs> no Jedi. Um, Insert yeah. lightsaber noises. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because I need and- to change my lightsaber batteries. And if you listen to the podcast, you this is confusing, but that's fine. Um, Hector's got some rad headgear on, so you're just going to have to go over to YouTube and see what that's all about. Or the socials. Yeah, or the socials. That's true. He takes pictures of things. And just go to the socials and then back date like three days through all <laughs> right. the, the millions of memes that I've posted since then. Right. Because when we say this, it's actually Friday as opposed to Wednesday. So, yeah, you do the math. Math's hard. Um, Yeah, um, I I guess we have some comics to talk about. So, uh, So strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for we've got comic this is where matt inserts really cool like graphics and stuff now that's a genius he is a genius um that's why we love him and this is going to be one of those episodes where we talk about our producer a lot so here we go like on, on a t- real on a real now i know you're about to adult and talk about yeah. comics uh-huh. and stuff Fun. It would be a really fun thing to have like an LTN studio, like huh. where we actually recorded and did podcast live, kind of like how Kevin Smith turned. Uh, I don't know if you know this, if you've paid attention to this, mm. um, you know, the gas station that he films clerks and stuff at like the yeah, original yeah, yeah. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. He bought all that. Oh yeah. I had heard that. Mm-hmm. And he turned the other half of the building structure like next to it into a podcasting theater. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's called the Smod Castle. Yeah, I was going to say the Smod Cast. Yep. And um I got to see that. That was pretty neat. Um that's dope. But uh yeah, we need like an LTN style Smod Castle where we all gather and record <laughs> and do like live things and it'd be cool if we actually like could fly out like for an occasion and mm. record like a couple weeks worth of content all live and in person and do stuff and well, there you go. Matt, get on it. Should only cost a dollar. All right. Let's do it. On okay, now episode, talk about comics. Yeah, okay, comics. <laughs> uh, so on today's episode, we're going to talk about Kevin Smith and the Smodcast. Yes. No, no, sorry. Um, we're we're going to talk about uh, the latest news uh, that you need to know, our poll recommendations from the past couple of weeks, our favorite new number ones, and so very much more. Um, hopefully, at least, this is the Polis Podcast. <laughs> I, I guess I should save it for the rest of the podcast. I said hopefully because there's a reason to that, and I guess we'll get to it at the polls because we we have we do have some serious adult conversations for today, um, for the industry. Explicit? No, not explicit. No, um, not explicit. <laughs> not explicit. This, oh, um, this is family friendly. How dare you? Explicitly um, for families. <laughs> that makes it better. Okay, that's fine. So, 
let's talk about some news first and then we can we can get into kind of a condition of the industry because we're back to one of those moments of we should talk about what's going on around us. Um, Marvin Gaye lyrics. No. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Okay. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to get sued, but whatever, man. Here we are. So YouTube hates us anyway. Why not? Um, do they? Do they, though? So some news. Is that propaganda? Um, mm, could be. Anyway, I said lots of cool things about Jeff Lemire last time. I want to do it again because he's doing cool stuff. Um, I was flipping through some news and I saw that an OGN or an original graphic novel, if you will, is Ooh. coming later in the That's year. That's a lame acronym. What, OGN? Yeah. It yeah. <laughs> um, sounds like a K-pop band. <laughs> right but the reason it exists is because people get confused with like graphic novel which technically is a trade they came up with ogn to differentiate it as no an ogn actually is a standalone story that didn't pre-exist in paper form paper floppies and stuff like that so it's weird um so it's a graphic novel that had no prior existence even in right. comic book format right it just is okay fair still right. no it it, there technically is a point to it um and i was reading you know kind of the byline on this new ogn called cosmic detective a that title but then b it said featuring jeff lemire matt kent and david rubin and i went what <laughs> tell me more um Especially from the perspective of Jeff and Matt could either be writing or drawing or vice versa, and it still be good. Yeah, there's a lot um, of possibilities I, in that. Right. I was like, oh, oh, dang. Um, that said, I do believe taking a look over everything. Um, it's definitely got the Matt Kent art vibe versus the Lemire art vibe. And yeah, it's kind of about this detective-y slash magic slash sci-fi slash everything kind of noir-ish tale. And sure, a lot of this is going on right now, I feel like, in comics. There's a or, dude, there's a, a girthy amount of noir in a lot of facets going on right now. And it's not all bad. I'm no. still waiting on uh, uh, Gotham Year One to finish because I actually enjoyed that. But sure. whatever. Yeah, and I also think like this whole thing of fantasy brought into like the future is like the vibe of like a bunch of books right now because I'm about to put another book on my poll from this week that's basically that vibe. Um, so I, I guess good job, comic book industry. You found you found the thing that we all want to do this year. I don't know, but um, that creative team is something that I want to read and and take a look at. So. September is when that book's going to drop. And what's cool about it is, like I said, it's going to be a one and done. You're, you're going to be able to pick it up, read it and go, yay, or that was a thing and move on. And every now and then I'm all about that, that waiting for serial art sometimes just kind of sucks. <laughs> well, and, you know, there's plenty of people that like won't read comics because they're impatient. That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like I have to wait a year for this to do a thing. Yep possibly longer um 
Dude, we started Human Target like three years ago. <laughs> Not even joking. Is, I, mean, I think that's accurate, isn't it? I'd have to look at it. It is. It definitely. Oh, wow. I think Human Target started in 2020. 2021 at the or latest. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Um. Yeah, that happens. So that's good. Um. Lots of other interesting things. Oh, wow. I'm going to talk a lot about. Well, not a lot, but a little bit about some Marvels. So Incredible Hulk is coming back. Yeah, um, I guess they really jumped the shark with the whole Bruce Spanner as a spaceship thing. <laughs> well, Donnie, Donnie Cates. <laughs> um, just if you were confused why we were randomly in space, Donnie Cates. Donnie Cates. Um. And I am not familiar with the artistic team, creative team here at all. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson is writing and Nick Klein is drawing. Nick is the the cool thing here is Nick is one of the Stormbreakers. So if I okay. need to pause for a moment, I can explain this. Um, Stormbreaker um, for Marvel this time around was their new hot artist collective so once a year they usually do a thing where it's stormbreaker i think it had a different name in the past where they put together a class of like six to twelve artists and writers and give them like covers or mini stories and go these are the new up-and-comers um type thing so this is technically a graduate of that program that's going on to a mainline story arc so part of my brain stormbreaker sounds like the name you would give a uh children's class in like a baptist church that's trying not to be a baptist church right hey we don't have a wanna we have stormbreakers um, stormbreakers i mean it's the i suppose the unfortunate (laughs) part about it is it's kind of in that vibe because they're like let's give him a cool thor name that's cool and it's breaking now and it's awesome. We're going to call our next series of artists the 43rd Unwanted X-Men book. Go on. <laughs> uh, hey, don't steal my news. I got I got to get to that. <laughs> um, so Incredible Hulk's coming back. That's coming back in June. So we have a number one from Marvel to take a look at in June and see what's going on there. Of course, that means that's probably going to be towards the edge of their X-Men Avengers hate each other part seven summer series probably i think it's accurate i think we are on like seven of those i have no idea but it's a lot um i threw in a little bit of tv news because it is adjacent for us uh this week but i had missed part of this conversation so now we can find out whether you were you were up to date on it more than i was but hbo max was supposed to release it's not quite a sequel, but it's more of a, su- a successor to Batman the Animated Series. Bruce Timm was attached, um, and HBO Max said, nah, they they decided not to. Um, and it's and going it, to Amazon's. Right, it's going to go to Amazon instead. And um, Amazon said, we'll give that two, two seasons. And yeah, so... I'm assuming that means we're getting that animation style and probably I it hasn't been super clear, but it's called Batman, the caped crusader. He has a strong year one vibe in the mm. graphic aesthetic. Like, okay. 
year, like not even year one, like day one. <laughs> Ooh. So like we the get curved cowl, like he's probably got purple gloves and a gun type situation. <laughs> uh, it, I just need to know, are we going to crime alley for the 4,763rd time? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. No. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. I don't know if there is a timeline attached to that project yet. Oh, they're saying, well, it was going to be pulled. Yeah, no timeline yet. Just that they have picked up and hopefully that will continue on in a semi-positive direction. I mean, it's already positive in that it didn't go away. But I did promise you some Marvel news when you tried to steal my thunder. You know why um, I tried to steal your thunder? Because I'm a stormbreaker, storm. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Shazam. Shazam Lee. Um, By the way, I'm just going to say this on the record. Uh, if if you've been following our podcast or even uh, like my writing or anything for the last four or five years, um, Shazam Lee is now a word that is collectively and frequently used in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. used in the movie. It's used in the comics. All the marketing, all the marketing, and uh, I say this, and I I genuinely believe this. I think I'm the first person I ever heard use that word. Like you heard it it here first. Like I genuinely do think you heard it here first. Like, like I think I called it Shazamly, like on a whim, talking to you on here. Like I think I think I not coined that phrase, but I think I was the first person to use that phrase outside of a whispered marketing meeting. Cause they didn't use that mo- phrase in the first movie. No, but I did. And like the, the chapter in faith and fandom on the first Shazam is called Shazam Lee matters. <laughs> uh... Or something in there like, but whatever can carry on. Okay. All right. <laughs> By the way, Shazam comes out in theaters this week. Kids go, go watch it. <laughs> Yay. Go watch it. We'll wait with bated breath to see if DC serves us with a cease and desist. That's fine. <laughs> I'm on their pay roster, so what's up? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. That's Hector as seen on DC's The Swamp Thing. <laughs> as received a paycheck and then told never bother us again. From DC, Swamp <laughs> DC Swamp Thing, yeah. So, yes, Marvel News. Um, I know you care a great deal about the condition of the X-Men in the status quo. I actually do care about the X-Men. Well, great. Um, I guess they needed more bad guys. Yes, fair. Um, so because all bad guys are on their team now. I guess it's true. Apocalypse, Sinister, Magneto are literally all on their squad roster. Yeah, well, Magneto was right, so. Go on. What? <laughs> um, Kingpin and Typhoid Mary, I guess, have decided they're 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 going to join the X-Men side of the universe in being bad peoples. Is this like a trade marketing thing with Emma? Is this like, <laughs> I, it, I don't literally, well, I, I saw the headline. I read the thing and I was like, um, except that they're not really mutants. enemies. They're doing this. No. Well, there's that, but they're also doing the thing of like, they're technically going to help. So it's also like, well, wait, <laughs> are none of the bad guys actually bad guys but yeah they're they're going to the island which is a thing in and of itself 
Um, well, I do enjoy that because that's that's literally how we bid Wilson Fisk farewell at the end of the Daredevil run is him and Typhoid Mary getting on a boat. So, okay, yep. go on. So this is this is the deal. Apparently, they're they're headed there, and I, I guess this technically is like another attempt of a. Uh, redemption arc and so yeah like the end of the article literally talks about the well you know apocalypse shadow king everyone else is like chilling and they're all on the same side now so you know this is the put this the island of misfit toys yeah i'm at a show with uh charlie cox and vincent d'onofrio this month by the way noise yeah um so yeah I guess Marvel's just going to send all of their villains to the X-Men Island and everything's going to be great. And then all of them are going to fight the Avengers because the Avengers are now the bad guys. The Avengers have always been the bad guys. Come on. Okay. You heard Ultron. Mm. So Croatia or Croatoa, the X-Men Island is now basically just Australia. (laughs) Oof. History. History. If you don't know um, what I'm talking about, kids, Australia used to be a penal colony. Carry on. <laughs> but it was redeemed, so that's the point of the story. And so was Apocalypse and Mr. Sinister, apparently. Go on. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> um, and to wrap out your news, I figured I would give you something that's that's actually funny. Um, and not Chris attempting to rap a rhyme. Uh, you said you were going to wrap out the news. I was going to give you a tasty beat. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> to, to wrap a rhyme to, but it is tricky it is tricky now it's i mean right, if you really gonna do to that make it, I, to make it right on time it is to make it right on time that is tricky i mean if you're really gonna bust out a rap though i would literally go get like my little turntables and go ahead and so i think we've mentioned this in the past because but you might have to go way back um but tom king is a writer. I've heard that. Right. Did you know he does sketch covers at conventions? I believe I've seen these. Yes. 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 yes I have. So Tom King does stick figure. Yes. <laughs> sketch covers at conventions. And it has become a thing over, over the years of him literally doing these really, you know, something that Hector and Chris are capable of producing. Um, Probably not as good as we can do, but go on. Yeah. Well, you, Tom King and I are definitely on the same stick figure uh, level for sure. I think I have one. I think I've got like a blank covered Batman of that he did. Okay, yeah. go on. So they've decided for, I believe, April 11th is the drop date for a bunch of DC books. So they have dubbed that April Fool's Day Tom King's variant covers. So they're having him do his style for the variants of Batman 135, The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing number seven, and Danger Street number five. And that might be it. But a handful of DC books at the beginning of April, the first two weeks, will feature Tom King's lovely stick figure art for your money. Okay. And that is both brilliant and sad at the same time. <laughs> and on on the the covers notes, uh are you familiar with the uh the meme I just I'm I'm going to end this man's whole career? Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The, 
those okay uh that is cover a of nightwing 104 they're remaking <laughs> that meme of oh, that's the, good and the guy just like posing in the back they're doing that with the titans and nightwing so yeah. if you are a fan of nightwing which you should be <sighs> chris mm, yeah, fine. Books. Yeah, um, fine. uh <laughs> do it read the books he <laughs> said so do it um, if you're a fan of Nightwing, especially the recent arc, or a fan of meme culture, uh, you're going to want to pick up Nightwing 104, the A cover. I went ahead and went by my local shop and made sure that that's the cover I was getting. So That's valuable news right there. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie about it. So <laughs> Listen, because if, you like, if you're meme culture, because I, I, memes are part of my nutritional balance. So. Yeah, you just said memes are life, friend. Memes are life. By the way, did you know that Danny Rojas was an actual professional football player before this? Huh. I uh, did not. Uh, yeah, I saw an interview. He played uh, where, by the way, Ted Lasso starts next week. Yep. Ruha. Um, uh, but no, he was a professional football player in Mexico or South America um, from 15 up. Huh. So I think he had literally retired from football before this but like so all the soccery things you see him doing he's doing okay like the goal post not notches and yeah. everything that's all him well comics are life comics um, are. oh and this is also news that's nerdy and ted lasso related uh todd mcfarlane is doing a ted lasso figure huh. a single ted not a series but there's a single ted lasso figure being made by todd mcfarlane i mean that checks out todd makes all the all of the figures these days. Yes, but I am very much looking forward to this one. So. Yeah, there you go. So, well, I mean, I guess that's what you need to know. And that's our bi-weekly look at the industry, uh, delivering you some inside knowledge or just random interesting facts about DC and Marvel and everyone else in between. Uh, as always, you can join in on the conversation with Hector and I and all of your nerdy friends on the Love Thy Nerd Discord or over in our Facebook community. And, well, just jump on in and begin your nerdy adventure together with us. Tell us what you liked, what you hated, or possibly even what we missed because we definitely missed something because there's lots of stuff going on out there. And we're only two nerds, and that's just how it is. You are listening to The Polis Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai. And this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So let me start off by saying I have a newfound appreciation for everyone that takes the time to listen to these things. I am currently in the process of turning the first 100 Faith and Fandom 180s into a devotional book. Which means over the last few weeks, I've re-listened to 100 of these things. And now... After I've re-listened to them and transcribed them, now I'm editing the text on them. And uh, y'all are awesome if you've listened to a hundred of these things. And uh, I appreciate the fact that I had the opportunity to do this. But as I'm editing them, I'm realizing, you know, not everything ages well. Not that it's any of it's horrible or anything, but revisiting stuff that you say even like a couple years apart because like starting with the first faith and fame 180 it's been like three years 
And looking back, some of the stuff is just, you know, out of date. Some of it's aged. And I also have come to realize that I have some words that I repeat too often as my like in between sentence words and stuff like that. And, you know, it's it's really just made me appreciate uh, the value and the the weight of the words we share. And it reminds me of this passage in Matthew 12, verse 36, where Jesus is giving us kind of a warning. Um, If not just like a matter of fact, you know, you should know this. He says, I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. And I think some of us, we think that once our words are spoken, they don't count anymore. Because, like, even for me, I preach at a church, like, two services almost every Sunday. And they get broadcasted online and on YouTube and on our podcast and app and stuff like that. But, you know, I never listen to our sermons after I preach them. I just don't. But actually going back and listening to these made me feel like I was being held accountable for every word that I said. And... That's the truth. Our words matter. And one day we're going to actually give an account of them to God because they matter. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mirai. So let's transition into talking about some of them comic books. Before we hit that, I just want to say this too. Uh, If anybody watches this Gotham Knights show, I'd love to hear your thoughts because I'm not doing it. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> I love myself too much. Please tell us whether we've made a grave mistake or if Hector warned you. Um, Jesus didn't redeem me for that. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I love Misha Collins and I want to support him having his own show post Supernatural. But no. Um, but all also, right. No. <laughs> Where are we at? Comics? Comics. Yeah. Let's talk about the comics. Um, me? You? Yeah, let's let's start with you, and then I'll explain. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna hit off with a uh, the obvious ringer for all the things I talk about. Uh, Human Target number twelve, the end of the Human Target run. There are thirteen issues total in the series, if you include the one shot that happened somewhere in the mid grade of it. Um, and this was great. I I was a Human Target fan before this book. Uh, I was a fan of the show. Um. You were a nerd, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm a nerd. Um, I, I even like some of the human target from like way back. So like, it's a good storyline. Um, this played out like a good mystery, a good, a gritty noir in the DC universe. Some of the romance and relational dialogue in this was some of the best ever. Um, it's one of the best uses of Guy Gardner in modern comic book history, mm. um, which is saying a lot. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, um, yeah. it's the best use of fire and ice I've read in a comic book, like the two, uh, justice league characters. Um, I don't think I've seen fire and ice get 
any attention since like Batman, the animated series or uh, the justice league unlimited series. And this is the best use of that. Um, did you read this? No, I got distracted. So I feel like I need to go back and read it as a single piece. Yeah, I would recommend it. Um, and I don't want to spoil it. Uh, but like, yeah, it, it's got an ending that I think is suitable. And I, because it is fresh, I don't want to spoil it because it does, it would be a plot twisty ending, but, uh, yeah, human target. Uh, it's Tom King. I'd say it's Tom King at his best. Um, because, um, it's like, it's on par with Tom King best because we hit strides. Like we'll have, you know, vision and then, you know, dragging your dead mom through the desert or, um, we'll have, you know, Mr. Miracle, and then we'll have uh, Strange Adventures. So it's not always, or Batman, Catwoman. Well, there's hit and misses. Um, this is a hit. Um, this is worth your read, and this is probably a lot more palatable than Mr. Miracle for the average comics reader. Um, because this is still going to be immersed in the DC proper with mm-hmm. characters you recognize. Um, but all you need to know is chances a gangster and it's kind of where it goes so human target number 12 this is the end of the series um it was worth it so yes uh i'm gonna jump over to zadarsky's batman okay um and put this on the list um just because i i stated before that zadarsky's second run on batman is definitely better than his first like this alternate world deal he's doing um, is way better than um, fail safe killing the justice league. Um, right. Th- this is Bruce in a world where Bruce Wayne was murdered at an early age. Um, Alfred's still alive. Uh, everybody. This is what Gotham would have been like without Bruce Wayne and without Batman. And it's still weird. Some people are different. Some people are like uh, two faces on venom. Um, yeah, it's probably important to know because I'm going to get to you're going to mention another DC book and I'm going to mention one as well is we are in the beginning of their whole transition point. So we're in the dawn of DC now, which is very multiversal and everything. So all the books have this. Who are you? And everybody pointing at each other thing going on. It's Batman's leading into it, but dawn of DC is happening right now. So once Batman officially hits the quote unquote restart quote unquote point, you'll see Don of DC show up at the top of the book, but it's clear it's taking place in the time it's, it's getting there. And they've kind of explained that unlike rebirth where they went boom, every single book hits number one. And like the new rebirth thing starts, all these are kind of transitioning from where they were to the Dawn of DC and all of that. So it's an easy thing for them to take Batman to another dimension so that when he comes back, we can be like, yep. Hey, look, the world's a little different, Um, but there's just some good stuff in there, but you've got, it's very much a Batman of Zura and R vibe, which is funny because I think we also mentioned that in Failsafe, but back to uh, Grant Morrison's Batman of Zura and R with Batman rest Mm -hmm. in peace. This is Bruce in a world without a Bruce. He forms a new Batman costume, which looks like a kid's bicycle helmet. Um, not even joking. Yeah. 
And yeah, you know, he's trying, but he like part one plot point in this one is he needs to dig up dead Bruce's body so that he can figure out what killed him so that he knows who he's fighting. And I'm like, that sounds like the dumbest plot point, but I'm going to roll with it because it gives you the moment of Bruce meeting Alfred at Bruce's grave and having a, you know, a Bruce Alfred moment, which was sweet. So, which was pretty much a Bruce Alfred moment. It's the one you wanted, but with grave robbing himself. (laughs) Yeah. Like you couldn't have just asked Alfred again. Alfred wasn't a superhero Butler, so he wouldn't have been looking, but, uh, yeah, this is a fun Batman read. This is only like three issues deep into this storyline. So you can jump in, uh, like issue 130, maybe 131, wherever it started, and still pick it up and not need a lot to know a lot. Because once mm-hmm. the failsafe arc ended, it actually was a fresh start. I'm enjoying this. So there's that. I missed this, I guess, when it originally dropped. But the fourth issue of the Fantastic Four storyline that we've been discussing being good yeah. lately mm-hmm. dropped. Are you up to date on these? I'm not, but it's another one that I got to go back and and refill the gaps of, oh, right, I did like this. <laughs> yes. Um, so the fourth and fifth issue are out. The fourth is my pick um, because I feel I enjoyed the fourth more than the fifth. The fifth was still fine. But the reason the fourth is important is because it actually tells us what happened. Ah, uh, Because okay. uh, if you pick up the first three issues the fantastic four is scattered they're all in different spots and there's a giant crater in new york and apparently everybody hates them and we didn't know why correct considering we're two issues past this now i'm not going to call the spoilers but i know it's going to spoil it for you but you Eh. can take one for the team um (laughs) i'm a big boy i'll be all right so uh the reason and you're going to appreciate the tension this puts on all the rest of the book and it's going to put a lot more of things in context um something was attacking the baxter building uh like some uh force that they were dealing with and uh some really bad crap was going to happen on a universal scale if this bad got their hands on everything in the building and all the jets Um, and so they, it wasn't something they could stop. They didn't have time to call in for reinforcements. Reed had, let's say a 30 second window to make a split decision that was going to change all of their lives. Mm. That's very fantastic Four. it is very fantastic Four. it is fantastic. And, um, it's for that reason that, uh, bad jobs. Um, (laughs) Listen to my puns. Um, but no, he uh they he makes the decision that the best thing that he can do to save the people and to stop the bad guys is to shift the entire Baxter building in time and space. So he shifts the bad guys to a point in the future where the earth has rotated to a different point and has basically left them in the middle of space. So he fast forwards them like, let's say 40 days into the future okay. where the earth isn't where it currently is. Right. Cause physics got it. Yeah. Cause and they play physics into a big part. Yep. But to do this, the only 
way they could do it was to send the Baxter building a full year into the future. Uh, uh. So that it's in the same spot. Right, right. All of their kids are in the building. Physics. All of the kids are in the building. Uh, the kid and for the kids, they're not going to know they were gone a year. Right. They're just going to get blipped into the future. Um, but that means the families, because it wasn't just their kids in the building. That means that the families of these kids have to spend a whole year without their kids, missing a year of their kids grow, and knowing their kids are all alone in the future without having that opportunity. So the world's cheesed at them, obviously. And yeah, it, that makes it, sense. it caused division within the, the Fantastic Four and all that stuff. So it's a good, it's a very Fantastic Four setup, but I feel like it's a good payoff. So literally, if I <laughs> only read the first four issues of this, I would have been okay. Right. Now I'm going to, I added it to my pulls. Not magic art. Um, <laughs> I, I added, ah, it's a 3D printed magic card forger from a friend on TikTok. So I'm like, please oh, don't die. But it landed on my boot. Nice things. That's huh? This is why we can't have nice things. No, it's because I like to make little dioramas for my <laughs> for my podcast, Tom's for the podcast. Because Wolverine's flying through the earth. Um. <laughs> uh. So yeah, it's great. Now, uh, I think Chris and I are in the same boat. If we don't genuinely have four good pulls this month or this two weeks, this week, we're we're on a schedule. We're on weeks. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, if I were to stop my pulls at what I thought was great, it stops there. It ends there. I'm going to hit on a book. And I'm not normally negative per se. um, And I'm not really pooping on this, but I need to negatively nerd out for a moment. Batman and Robin number five, uh, which you'll hear lots of positive talk about uh, World's Finest and, uh, you know, Lazarus Planet stuff from a lot of our nerdy friends uh, uh, across the board who have given high praise to Mark Wade and what he's done with this. I love this story. I've had two of these books on my pulls, like, as the story's gone on. Um, I think at least the first three were part of my pulls. I enjoyed where the direction of this whole book went. My problem is the landing is the ending. Um, and I'm not that we're going to no. I'm going to say spoilers, but you know what? It's going to be spoiled when you read it anyway. Um, <laughs> we're going to rip this bandaid off for you right now. Um, so they, they the whole storyline, world's finest to this and all the crossovers, Monkey Prince, all the thing, is that uh, Neza and King something bull, King Firebull, um, uh, oh right, yeah, were part of the process of stealing all the magic from around the world and trying to harness it, which caused the Lazarus lava planet stuff to happen. Um, all this being said, this is the end of the story. Um. They defeat Neza. They de- King, defeat King Fireball. They they do all the things they're supposed to do. Once again, the day is saved thanks to the Powerpuff Girls. It's you know it's over. Um, but one of the processes in the storyline is that Batman is mortally wounded, and Batman's going to die. 
uh, Neza possesses Batman's body. And Neza's possession is the only thing that's keeping Batman's body held together with duct tape. Damien does the thing of, you know, we got to stop my dad because he's going to end the world. Because Neza with Batman, you know, equals the end of the world. Okay. Because he's Batman. Um, And... (laughs) So Damien's like, we got to stop my dad. And so he makes the plan that he is going to have all the magic peoples remove the magic, banish Neza, and his game plan is to trade his life essence for Bruce's so that he can sacrifice his life for his dad. They do all the things, and then they get to the end. They're like, oh, sorry, buddy. That won't work. And so we're watching Batman die. Which we know is hot garbage because Batman's not going to die. Um, like, there's no point in any part of reading the story. Anybody's like, "Oh no, are they really killing it?" Nobody was. Nobody was concerned about this. There's 93 Batman books. He's not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, Chris, to to save the day, to save the, to save the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you watch Doctor Who? You don't watch Doctor Who. I've watched a bit. I'm not up to date, but did you watch through season three? Yes. David Tennant, Martha, the whole deal. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm tracking. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 So Whovians season three finale. The doctor has been aged to the point. He's about to disintegrate and die with me. He looks like, yeah, yeah. You know, Dobby or whatever at that point. <laughs> um, And Martha Jones walks the entire earth telling the story of Batman, not telling the story of uh, (laughs) the doctor, telling the story of the doctor so that everyone has the doctor in their hearts and they lend the doctor their love from all across time and space. And he's regenerated back to his normal health. And his heart embiggens. His heart embiggens. And he goes back to normal because they all thought of him and they all loved him. And golly gee, Batman. That was enough. (laughs) And much also like the essence of when Goku had a spirit bomb and Goku had a spirit bomb and he held up his hands. People of earth, lend me your energy. Like, and everybody earth, everybody on earth went here. Energy. Bruh. 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 Damien gets on the internet. No. Damien gets on the internet and says, my dad saved the world 49 billion times in order to keep him alive. You all need to give a fraction of your soul. And if you willingly think I am Batman, I am Batman or, you know, I believe in Batman. It was one of those. Hold on. I'm going to actually look now. No, it's either I am Batman or I believe in Batman. It's one or the other. They get to the point. Remember to hashtag kids. (laughs) Uh, it's to the point where they have to think of Batman and think warm fuzzy thoughts. We are Batman. Excuse me. Where if everyone around the world willingly sacrifices a sliver of their soul and says, we are Batman, then his (laughs) soul will be duct taped together and he can come back and he has a dramatic. I'm alive now. How did that happen? And literally guys, they tinkerbelled Batman 
back into life. No, you didn't care enough. You didn't clap. Tinkerbell is dead. <laughs> Bro, they straight. Listen, they, it literally looked like the Doctor Who season three finale, man. Man. Like, and here's the deal. That's my least favorite season of Doctor <laughs> Who for that reason, for that ending. That ending was so bad for season three of Doctor Who that I literally took my finger and went, no, no, Doctor Who. We don't do that. That's bad writing. <laughs> and then for the end of what was a really solid uh, cross platform storytelling, we get Tinkerbelt. We get Spirit Bombed. <laughs> And I'm uh, like, okay. Hey, here's the deal. This issue has good things in it. This issue has quality Damien. But dude, you did not stick the landing. Mm. You did not stick the landing. And it makes me sad. You, you ended up Damien, Damien by the end. And yeah. Dude, because here's the deal. Truly, Damien. Like, if we're going OG Damien. If we're going like Grant Morrison, Damien, son of Batman, Damien. Damien would be a bit of like. We let my father die and we carry on his legacy. Peace out. <laughs> Damien, OG Damien, would not get on the internet and plead for his father's life. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I digress. <laughs> Man, I get growth and challenges and age and whatever. But I was like, guys, you created a problem that you didn't have to have. Because if Batman was wounded by Nessie, you had every magic user in the world restored standing over him. Somebody could have done something. The internet spirit bomb was not the way to go. Okay, tell tell us about your comics, Chris. <laughs> tell us about my comics. Well, um, I'm going to start by saying the reality of I walked into my comic shop and went, what? And I started seeing a bunch of my other friends saying similar stuff on the interwebs of, Going into COVID, there was a lot of concern about the condition of comic shops and the economy, and that was more so around the fact of there weren't going to be comics to sell. We had the we had the pencils down time during COVID, so it was just difficult to bring in product. And a bunch of people rallied, and they helped kept, keep their comic book stores alive. I'm saying all this because what I'm starting to see again is, except this time it's just directly economy related and stuff costs lots of money. Um, My dude had to tell me that he's just not ordering as much as he used to, which means he's cutting out a lot of third party and some other stuff because I'm probably the only person reading it um, here. And so I spent what I normally spend in a week for two weeks this week because I just simply didn't have stuff to get off the shelf. Um, And Marvel and DC actually kind of, even with both of them kind of leaning in towards their summer events starting soon, I kind of had to dig deep. I didn't come up with enough books to fill my slots this week. And I just wanted to bring attention to it because, yeah, ouch, um, that I also had friends out west that were like, I woke up this morning and two of my comic local comic shops are gone. Um, that even comic shop owners are now starting to look to their left and right and go, I, I thought we got past this. And now they're like, well, maybe, maybe we if, didn't. <laughs> if you followed this show for a while, you know that there's a while I was buying yeah. from three shops to try and keep them afloat. And the 
two newer shops are both gone now. Yeah. Post COVID or yeah. quotes. Because yeah, st- it, it do be real out in the, in these streets is, is what we're seeing. So if you've got that comic shop that you love, you know, make sure that you're finding ways to support them and whatnot. And, ah. and I destroyed all the things, which is why I'm wearing this. Uh, it's fear. It's fear. <laughs> the state of fear. That's why I'm wearing this fear state shirt. Uh, because Fear State is the worst book DC put out in forever, but <laughs> my local comic book shop has a rock band that birthed from it, and Fear State is their rock band. And I just don't like. Are are you doing? Did you name yourself Fear State because you wanted to sound scary? Like <laughs> <laughs> because you're that evil? That or you're is that ironic? <laughs> or is it ironic? And but either way, like I literally. Dude, because I'm trying to support my local shop and their stuff, I went to a rock concert at a wrestling match inside of a flea market (laughs) (laughs) because I am supporting my local comic shops. So uh, if you think if 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 you think you're supporting enough and you haven't gone to a a rock concert and a wrestling match in a flea market, step your game up. (laughs) Yeah, you got to step. You got to step step game up. Those are rookie numbers. You got to pump them up a little bit. Pump them numbers. And you got to wear a a T-shirt of a band named after a bad comic book run. So um, maybe you want to wear a shirt that says X-Men or <laughs> <you know. laughs> e, we're going to get mail about that. That's cool. Here's um, the mail. It never fails. All right. Um, so I guess I will talk about the stuff that I actually did kind of enjoy then. Let's go. Um, this should probably tell you a lot, um, but uh, I'm a sucker for Rogue and Gambit. Me too. So we say lots of terrible things at times about the X-Men, but I'm still going to pick up a book that says Rogue and Gambit and has them both on the cover 100% of the time. I bought the same thing. And I mean, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was the best comic. It's not a great book. It's, it's not a great book. <laughs> it's, a, but, it's, a, it's a fine book. It's a fun book, and it looks exactly like I kind of expect the, nine, the late 90s X-Men to kind of look like. It is 100% a 90s X-Men book with no context of anything else. Right, and I've said this before, and I will say it again, that there are times that that's enough. In comics, sometimes you just need something that is either so off the wall, you're like, none of this makes logical sense or even has any point to any story. But you're like, boy, was that fun, though. And Rogue and Gambit's going to be that because the entire thing is basically about how those two characters play off each other. And they're there. It looks exactly like the nostalgic fiends of those of us 80s kids that love the X-Men expect it to be. So it is what it is. And I have zero shame putting that on my list for that reason. Right. Um, so thanks, I guess, Marvel for forcing me to kind of dig deep in the catalog this week, because I might've missed it otherwise, to be fair. Um, to be fair. So nailed it. Um, oh, I guess I also did. My segment should just be called all the number ones that Chris won't read number twos of, but number one was really good. Um, Fair. We're renaming the segment. Um, it's not Chris's top four. It's Chris's number ones that may get a number two. It's, it's Chris's from number one to number won't. <laughs> um, and one of those books most likely is The Immortal Sergeant. Beep. 
anime vibes. Okay. Yeah, no, actually, um, let me find it because it probably won't take me long. Is there's literally like the most anime thing in the world, you know, anime shocked face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of this book is this black and white, very basic um art style. And I don't know, books like this catch my attention because they're different. And this one like probably could have been submitted as a storyboard and printed. But yeah. I also don't hate it as a concept. But it literally is about like this super grizzled uh, police detective sergeant that the joke is that like at his local cop bar, he has a little placard over his chair that says he's immortal. And so they're like, aha, it's a joke. Um, but they don't get to the punchline in the first book. So that kind of <laughs> bothered me. But uh, apparently like the dude just can't die. And, you know, he's in his last week before retirement cop story kind of thing going on but it's like really off the rails broken kind of crate i guess yeah so i guess some anime vibe that it's just over the top story so it it's a mature book but i don't know where it's going except that apparently this cop just can't die and he doesn't want to retire and that's basically the entire story okay so i mean that's a thing right it's yep. that's a that's a vibe um and then my last book, because I literally couldn't come up with four uh, this week, is probably another shocker for everyone involved. But I'm getting hardcore rebirth vibes from DC's new Dawn of DC stuff. So the Adventures of Superman, um, John Kent. So the John Kent Superman part of the story. Um, a lot of people have been hating on John. <laughs> since like john came into being but even more so in recent time but well, dude once he time traveled or like got flung into the future and was not damien's sidekick anymore yeah that alone was enough to cheese off people then you add everything else and it's just like yeah right but with all the multiverse stuff going on this one's like yo and so DC has done another classic comic book thing of where John currently sits in continuity and everything is, oh, everybody's forgotten who I am. Um, so his secret identity is intact again and all that. Um, but then he gets dumped kind of into the multiverse and he runs into some other versions of himself. And one of those is a Superman named Val Zod. And all of, you know, everyone involved goes, oh, that's not OK. <laughs> and he's like, OK, I get it. And he's like, I'm aware of your 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 universe and why that's probably a bad thing. Um, but they have a conversation because John's like, I don't ju jump to like, you know, conclusions and stuff. And I guess they bring I guess there's another universal jump. Now, all the multiversal jumping that DC is going to do in this Donna DC thing is probably going to be mind mending. Bending, melding, bad, melting, one of those. Um, at the end of their little journey, he brings him back to um, Mr. Terrific. And Mr. Terrific's like, welcome to Earth. And everybody hugs it out. And that's where the book kind of ends. Um, Dude, uh, my uh, Amazon-sponsored robot home person, mm. whose name I'm trying not to say because I don't right. want her to get involved. Yeah. Uh, we don't need that in our life. She popped up and said, hey, by the way, you should read this book by Tom Taylor. And right. recommended that book. And I'm like, what? 
Tom Taylor. Like and literally, I, I, I was I was burying the lead. So thank you for for getting. I was gonna get there, but there it is. Yeah, yeah. So was Tom, that your lead? Yeah. No, I was gonna end that whole thing with the fact that yeah. And by the way, Tom Taylor's writing this book. And oh yeah. Tom Taylor's writing it. Tom Taylor's been writing John for the long while. Yeah. But like literally, I said, "Hey, what's my notifications?" And she's like, "Hey." Tom Taylor's written this new book you should read. <laughs> and you're like, cool, cool story. I'm like, I make the recommendations about comics in this house. <laughs> Aw. Robot. Um, robot. <laughs> so, yeah. So I did. I legit did not have a fourth book because at the 11th hour, I was trying to find a copy of Jeff Lemire's Phantom Road that I told you all to read. And I couldn't because as Hector has schooled me because apparently i'm old and out of touch that you literally can't buy digital stuff on a freaking ipad or phone anymore because apple wants to protect you from yourself apparently and google they all do yes that you'll now find a thing in comiXology and amazon that says you can't purchase this from from the app and it's like well isn't that why you exist on my app app you can't buy digital music or digital content from apps and on that level you got to buy it from a computer yeah. Anyway, so about that, anyway. I plan on getting catching up and reading Phantom Road so I can like be like, yeah, that was a good recommendation. Or wow, Chris, don't don't do that ever again. You are listening to the Polis Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. We here at LTN Radio know that not everybody is nerdy in the same ways, and you might find yourself in a situation where you hear a word or a phrase that you've never seen before and have no idea what it means. Well, have no fear. I'm here to help. Today, we're doing some anime translations. There are many phrases and exclamations that you might not completely understand because they're written in Japanese, even in English versions of anime and manga. So so we're going to give you a quick breakdown of five definitions from five exclamations typically found in anime. Baka! Dummy. Idiot. Stupid. Itai! Ow. Like a cut, you know, bee sting, stab wound, that kind of thing. Nani? What? Urusai. This word actually means noisy, but when said alone, it's typically used in place of shut up. And lastly, zetai, meaning absolutely. Of course, it's by no means nearly anywhere near all of them, but, you know, a little, little starter pack for when you pick up your first manga comic. Remember, you read right to left in those things. Or, you know, watch your first anime, uh, especially if you prefer subs to dubs. I'm a dub guy. I just don't, you know, I don't like reading. If I want to read, I pick up a book. You know what I'm saying? I'm watching a movie here. Hope this helps. Come back next week for another nerdy definition. You are listening to the Polis Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Hit me with that number one, and then I'll tell you about. Okay, hold on. My my giant size number one. Let me create our cover, my cover there. Um, uh, so mm-hmm. my number one. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bleep this and substitute words just for <laughs> uh, the the Christian public. Oh um, my. Oh my, spicy. Um, 
Yeah, that's covered. Okay. Uh, <laughs> making sure. Uh, and literally, this is a you had me at the title situation. Right. Um, that was like, I read the title and I'm like, you're at least getting one issue out of me. Um, just for the, the, the word choice of Jalone. But this book is called Gangster uh, Bootied Barista. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's profanities. Um, like, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I walked by the shelf and I was like, what'd that say? Yeah. One more time. Um, and here's the deal. The cover was beautiful. Like yeah. for everything it was, it's good storytelling with the cover. Hold on. Like each. Well, I'm trying to remember. Um, it's black mask studios. Yes. And black mask usually does some, some pretty <sighs> edgy's a good word. I don't yeah. know if that's entirely fair, but yeah. Um, but like, so literally you, and the art is, very solid. The art is very Walking Dead. Nice. Like comic status. Um, it's good. It's solid. It's crisp. Nothing crazy. Not wonky. And a lot of times when you get like a, oh, you'll get a book with a good cover and then the interior art's like hogwash. Um, yeah. The interior art's great. But basically, this is the story of a uh, frustrated barista who you find out is a former gang member of like the. Uh, Sons of Anarchy Belfast, basically. Mm. She's an Irish gangster from a motorcycle gang who has restarted her life, and she's just trying to be a barista. Okay. And uh, in a very Sopranos way of, like, somebody uh, in the middle of a skirmish leaves a bag of cash in the coffee shop because conflict... And she ends up with the bag of cash, much like Steve Buscemi in uh, The Sopranos. And they even referenced that in the editorial yeah. stuff in the back. Um, and But literally, uh, you've got a thing where uh, you've got a whole conversation where she's arguing with customers, telling them regular is not a size. And uh, then to the point where there's like gun violence and murder <laughs> everything else um and the fact that her uh past is coming back to haunt her um it's if you like kind of this is where it's not the gritty cop drama it's the gritty like life after redemption drama she's fun it's entertaining the dialogue's moderately witty you actually invest in the characters this was a solid book okay i'm out okay you're out so um Scott Snyder apparently had a book that was a comicsology release and Dark Horse was helping bring it into print but boom it's called Clear. Um and this is one of those it's a billion pages in its first issue. It is a billion pages. I read it too. Um but the art is real fancy but it's kind of again a gritty noir futuristic cyberpunk noir type thing um but it's about this concept that literally they're it well it's really weird how they introduce it but i'm pretty sure i understood this that basically people in this future have a way to create literal avatars um like what you see is what people want you to see in real life not even like in the in the fake thing but what our primary gritty detective gets is the ability to be able to see people for who they truly are 
or what they actually are. Um, and so that you know, get it clear. <laughs> um, so they give you tons and tons of setup to get you basically there that he has the ability to actually see people for who they are and what they are, which matters in this future because like aliens, humans, all kinds of different crazy stuff like exists in this world. Um, but the long and short of it is it is still basically kind of police procedural noir um, type thing, just with this real heavy brush of like cyberpunk and, um, what you see isn't necessarily real. And I can just predict already that we're going to find out that someone figured out how to like double conceal themselves or something like that. Um, or that, you know, his tech of clear being able to see everything perfectly isn't going to always play out that way. So I don't know. It's a wild concept. It's pretty, I, I mean, I trust in Scott Snyder, um, as a writer, uh, feel like he's got to earn that at this point and it's an interesting it's interesting when he gets to go off way off reservation and just tell a story um that isn't big too really the art did remind me of like nightwing though <clears throat> like yeah. the main character that's true reminded me of snyder's iteration of nightwing that's true it gave you nightwing or young bruce vibes red hood as Who's a character that? in general hmm? who is that I don't know. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. So it'll be good. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I ended up after all of that insanity and everything. So I think that's going to do it. That's it for us here at the poll list. Uh, episode 83 is now in the books and hopefully now in your ears and in your eyeballs on the YouTubes. Um, but we couldn't possibly do this alone. As many of you know, we take this epic journey of podcast and fandom with a lot of our, a lot of other shows here on the love thy nerd podcast network. So you can check them out at love thy more info, previous episodes, maybe find yourself a little something new to listen to, but honestly, deep down, you could also find us on the LTN radio app. Yeah. Oh, which we used to download to make Matt Coker's day. And, and you can do the app thing now, which is awesome. So, but you can't buy comics there either. Can't buy comics there. Um, <laughs> Or music, because why do I Actually, even I have you this? Can. I can I can buy? Okay. You I'm can good. buy music there, I think, because I think there's little recommendation-y things. So weird. Technology. Um, but Hector and I do want to thank you all for choosing us as your primary comic book knowledge factory on a near-weekly basis. So please, please don't leave us hanging. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcasting app of choice. We're on the iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and so many more. If, if there's podcast there we're probably there because you know we've been at this a whole four years and by now we must be somewhere longer if, than that isn't it yeah well, pr if, technically this would be the fifth year yeah okay it's you know we're we're we're, we're in the process we're in process yeah um so thanks for listening and remember kids read, read more, more comics. comics i'm gonna take all seven continents